welcome to the Eat, Slay, Live podcast. And we are the Locksecutioners. We're going to be eating lightning and talking thunder and power bombing you right in the ear holes today. I learned today that that is one of the top 20 podcast theme songs really? in the country. Well, let me. I know who you got the stat from. <laughs> the guy who created the, pod, the, the theme song. Could there be anybody more amazed that uh, two, knucklehead, two knuckleheads have a podcast theme song than our guest today? Well, he, he started from the bottom with us. He started from the bottom, and, and now look at us. Uh, so our guest today is Cody Beck, and we're having Cody in. First of all, I first met Cody is he reached out to me on Facebook when I had just started Pride. I, I think I was only a few months in, I think. Uh, and he had a blog going. He reached out to me. He's like, hey, I'd like to come and, and, and do your – I think I don't know if you said – did you say you wanted to do the workout or you said you just want to come and write an article on it? Because I, I think I, I thought you wanted to come and write an article. I said, well, you have to do it. I think that I said, yeah, I, I wanted to like participate and see what it was like. But I think you pretty much said, yeah, you didn't have a like choice. A like you're, you're yeah. doing it. Yeah. Doing it. And so he came and he wrote a, a, a really good article about it. it. Was It was really good. Ross likes it because there's a good picture of Ross in the yard <laughs> all ripped. Um, and we'll we'll kind of touch on that article as we go. But so then as we started and me and we became Facebook friends or whatever. And then uh, uh we reached out. We were having some. We were trying to get our podcast started. We kind of reached out on Facebook, or I, I might have reached out with you, knowing that you had one. Or I don't know how it actually went down, but Cody came in and tried to <laughs> show us two morons how to uh, how to get a podcast going. Basically, it started off with him. He copied, pasted. I mean, he gave us the easiest <laughs> set of instructions <laughs> so that That's we could right. go in there yeah. and just basically hit this, 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 and record. We, and, we weren't and, having no part and, of... And we were no. still having to call him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cody, I know I have these directions, but... <laughs> well, I came in and, and you had this this little recorder set up yeah. and some equipment I'd never worked with before. So I'm like Googling how to connect it. Yeah. And I think finally at the end of the day, Ross, you were like, I'm going to go get an iMac and just say, screw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I didn't hear from you guys for a while, but then the podcast came out. So I, like, I figured something out. Yeah, we, we yeah, had to I get thought, a hold of you. And if, you, if you, I you, remember right, though. Once I got, I went and got that, mm -hmm. you came back. I did. Because yeah, yeah. you emailed me the straight, like, the screenshots. Oh yeah. oh, yeah. I put together a little, yeah, little yeah. like, arrows and everything. I mean, it, it was it, a Yeah, we, we use that for, like, every yeah, episode. Forever. Ross would get out the little instructions that you gave us, like, okay. Number one. Hit, <laughs> number one, hit this button. Oh, that's, I'm glad to hear that it worked out, though. Oh, you're we, actually we, using that. We, we use well, we don't time. use it. We don't use it now. We, what would what, you put us on, GarageBand? Uh, yes. I think it was GarageBand because yeah. that's what I was using. We were on something else, and then you—I don't even remember if you were using Audacity or something. Some other the Audacity. I think we were. Yeah, yeah you got us on Garage GarageBand. I would so, open up the email every time and go step by step, step by, step. by, and we'd still screw it up. Yeah. I mean, it was still it would still never work right. Well, it was, it was weird. Like we would we would turn it all off the same. We'd come back the next day. It would work. Then we'd come back the third time, and it wouldn't work. And uh, everything was done. <laughs> like, what the it, it, yeah. was always, it was always a Technology mess, sucks when it doesn't yeah. work right. So it's kind of fun. Like, like I think you were in the studio before we ever did 
a podcast. I'm, I don't think we'd ever done one. Right. Yep. And then now here you are and look at us semi grown up. And <laughs> look at the, this set. Dude, this setup is so nice. And I've been listening to your episodes, watching the videos. Like it's more professional than what I'm doing. Like your equipment's really nice. You figured something out. I mean, good for you guys. We, we, hey, we, we have we have a uncanny ability to find other people. <laughs> <laughs> that is what we yes. we do. We have another buddy who's starting a podcast, Don Brown, and he's been he's been doing all this setup and things. Where I, I am. I can't tell you how bad I am at any of this. Well, I always say like the smartest thing you can do is surround yourself with smarter people. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like I've been watching a lot of shows lately about um, going inside a heist that people like pull together. And I feel like you guys would be good heist leaders because you just assemble <laughs> a team of experts. Wait, an Ocean's Eleven type. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're Brad Pitt, you're uh, Julia Roberts. No. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Well, welcome to the show, brother. It's good to see you again. Yes. Thank you so I, much I don't for having me. I don't think I've seen you since since then, have we? Uh, you FaceTimed me randomly once. <laughs> I remember that. And I was talking to uh, somebody that we both know. I was talking yeah. on the phone. And then you you FaceTimed me. I was like, I think I have to take this. And I don't know if you were uh, you were just going through your phone or if you'd been out drinking or what. But you were just like, I want to talk to Cody. And you hit me up. And I But I hadn't that. seen you in person yeah. since, yeah, it's been years. <laughs> the, the random FaceTime uh, thing is sort of my thing. It is your thing. And, yeah, and so, I can't. Uh, I can't imagine the feeling on the other line when like somebody like Cody <laughs> hasn't talked to you in two years and fa not a call FaceTime. I mean, uh, a call, a call is bad enough. but see, I do the same thing sometimes, especially, you know, when I was drinking, like had I had a couple drinks, get really uh, excited, do that. And then when it happens to you and you feel that other thing, you're like, this is what I do. To uh, that, that is 100 percent. But if you've, you've, ever, you've ever you hit somebody it. up, though, that where their their energies matching yours, though, and you guys oh, just, that, that and you just go. But that's like that you and far. Yeah, very. You have one of those instances in your life, right? <laughs> and you're like, ah, me too. Ah! Yeah. And that, yeah, normally it's not. <laughs> one person's usually trying to sleep, and the other one like <laughs> yes. is trying not to go to sleep. Yeah, that's like, that's usually what it is. Yeah, Todd's like face. He's like, you up? I'm like, Todd, it's, it's 3 p.m. <laughs> on a Friday. <laughs> yeah, I'm awake, man. <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, okay. Anyway, um, so welcome to the show, brother. Uh, so let's, we're going to start like we do all our guests. Uh, start out, where, where are you from? Where'd uh, you grow up? Born and raised Dalton, Illinois. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I grew up there until uh, I was about 17, and then my parents moved. Uh, well, my dad and them always lived in like Edwardsville area, but my mom and everybody moved to Pathalto, uh, about a mile away from uh, the Brick House, actually. And uh, I lived there through college, and then the first time I moved out of my parents' house, I effed off to uh, New York City and moved there uh, for an education program, bounced around a little bit back to St. Louis, and now I'm over in St. Louis right now. But I'd really like to come back to Alton, honestly. Why? I, I've <laughs> always, something about Alton draws me back. I think it, it it sucks people in, sometimes in a good way, sometimes in a really bad way, where they just never leave. Uh, but I left, and there's something charming I find out about the place, um, especially now that I'm older and have more resources. Like, oh, I could get a nice place like downtown or something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm aiming to come back to Alton. We'll see if that happens. But uh, yeah, right now I'm in a uh, Creve Corps, so it's just pretty much strip malls and Olive Boulevard, but yeah. it, it works. Uh, two things with that. Like 
we had this Hugh Halter on the owns post commons in Alton. And he, he talked a lot about the changes in Alton that they've seen here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, trying to revitalize with uh, John Simmons and that trying to revitalize the downtown. Yeah. They, they, and we were talking about some of the cooler, like Mavis coffee shop, post commons, yeah. Germania. There's a lot of cool, fun things down there. Really. There are. And there's so many, there's so much opportunity. There's so many, you know, buildings and, and empty mm-hmm. things down there. And people like Simmons come in and, you know, have resources to help people do things and to, and to transform things and, and revitalize it. And I, I know a lot of people don't like, you know, people messing with the history and all that, but it's like, you know, this empty hotel or empty theater yeah. sitting there, let somebody take a shot at doing something with it. And I think it could be a really, a really neat spot. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. But yeah, I've just something about the town. Um, I've always loved it. And uh, yeah, I think if I get a choice, I'll haunt that place along with everybody else. You know? I, I mean, I can see. Cody Tully being a Morrison's guy, can't you? Can't you just see him bellied up down at Morrison's? Morris, okay, I like Morrison's. However, I, I hate the bottlenecks that come. Yeah, with uh, right, like that, right. And it just gets to be a little too much for me, and cla- I get a little too claustrophobic. And I just don't really like people, so I'm like, okay, let's, <laughs> let's back up a little bit. Uh, so what'd you do in New York? Why, why, why'd you, have, I could see you being a New York guy, but why, why did you go out there? You know, I love New I have a love hate relationship with New York. New York's great. Speaking of claustrophobic. <laughs> oh yeah. Well that, maybe that might've attributed to it a little bit, but New York's great. If you have money, probably I, when I lived there, I definitely didn't have any money. Uh, so I, I was in college at SIUE and didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And mm-hmm. that's kind of before that I'd started that blog that we were talking about. I was just trying to interview interesting people and figure out what to do. I was studying uh, psychology and marketing because I thought those are broad enough. I might be able to do something with it. I don't know. And um, I was thinking about grad school and I was looking at uh, masters like marketing research or something with social psychology. I didn't want I didn't want people on my couch. I wanted to figure out how do I sell things to people? How do I market to people? How do mm-hmm. I figure out how people work that I can use that in business? And I did my senior capstone project where we actually got to like run experiments on freshmen and different people and I was like this is way more this is way better than like the tests that I'm taking so because I figured out a long time ago how to game the system with tests and writing papers and right. stuff like that and you know I might have written a couple papers for you know money <laughs> ends meet back then and uh when we were doing the the capstone project I actually had to apply all this knowledge that I was learning and I was like this is really different and I, I wish I could figure out a way to like do this with like grad school and I was sitting in the back class and I was looking up uh, kind of alternative education programs and I found this one it was a nonprofit called Institute with an E and the top like a uh, motto that they had was learn by doing and I was like oh that's interesting and I'm in the back of a college class at this time and I'm looking reading, this stuff up yeah and <laughs> I'm, I'm re- and, and the teachers are there wah 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 yeah wah, very wah. Charlie Brown <laughs> and uh, I was reading through uh, they had like a list of entrepreneurs and they're they're talking about um one of the guys was like, yeah, I was the kid in the back of class that was always interested in doing other stuff or whatever. I was like, that's me right yeah. now. It's a sign. Yeah. And so uh, this this program, it was an apprenticeship program for aspiring entrepreneurs. It was a brand new nonprofit program. And uh, they wanted to kind of reform higher education back in 2012. And uh, applying to grad school costs money. And so I did that. But applying to institute was free. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> I have to lose, you know. So I applied to this program. And the further I got into the application process, the less I started to care about my grad school applications and there are about 500 people that applied and um, I worked through the process and finally I got into the program and uh, it was a it was a two-year apprenticeship program and you you lived in New York City for free but you had to be an apprentice to an entrepreneur and it's very much like instead of learning how to do woodworking or roofing or building a violin or something you learned how to build a business and so uh, I worked for a company called Holsty and they did sustainable clothing and artwork and things like that 
and uh, I moved, I went to New York once, and it they had like a crazy biblical storm, and I got completely soaked. I lost my shoes. It was absolutely horrible, and I came back home. And I was there for like 12 hours, came back now, home. Did the storm Did the storm make you lose your shoes? I, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I didn't get it. There was a horrible storm. I lost my shoes. No, I didn't. Do they go hand in hand? This or? Is, hey, I, there's those people that lose their phones and their shoes and whatever. <laughs> 100% mean you're not losing our shoes in a storm. <laughs> no. Cody's losing his shoes yeah. in a storm. <laughs> so, well, here, what happened was I was wearing sandals and... The, See, and don't wear sandals. I didn't, oh, I didn't know that, dude. My feet were black. I, I don't it, mean... I just mean ever. In general? <laughs> yeah. Well, I was I was trying to run across the street and there's like a giant current and I tried to jump it with my backpack and I didn't make it and my shoes just went off and I was like just terrified. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Anymore. I was completely soaked. I had my computer and everything. Uh, anyway, I came back and then I was like, you know what? That was really fun. I want to move there. Uh, so I moved to New York. I lived in the financial district. I had 11 roommates and we all worked at different startups as like apprentices. So what was the, what was the, the living around? I mean, 11 of you, but so was it a big, it was a big loft um, uh-huh. in, in the financial district downtown, uh, right off is Broadway and uh, Stone Street, which is like famous for some restaurants and things. It's right by a uh, Battery Park where you can see the Statue of Liberty and stuff. And uh, it was a, it was a pretty giant like rectangle spot i had a room with uh three other guys and there was a room with uh three women and then two guys two guys and then uh, the co-founder had her own room of the company because she legally like had to live there because of the nonprofit stuff and all that and we lived there for free and they paid for food and then we made two hundred dollars a week which was enough to like pay off our student loans and mm-hmm. get our subway ticket and then maybe like get a, a beer a week yeah. or something you know um and we actually lived across the street from uh, an Irish pub called Murphy's, which became like my home, um, away from home. And, uh, we, so we did this program and so we would work all day at startups trying to like prove ourselves. And then we'd come home and have like supplemental curriculum stuff where we'd have to like, we had these just giant tables out in the middle of the, of the room. And so we were always like doing homework and assignments and building websites and all this stuff. And then once or twice a week, we would host different entrepreneurs and, and people for dinner. And actually that's where I met Gary V. He came over for dinner one night and we had dinner. So this was like, was he just starting out kind of? Yeah, he, he was getting bigger at that point. Was this probably this, 10, 11, 12 years ago? This, yeah, this was uh, 2012, 2013. So, How old were um, you? I was 24, I think. So I just, yeah, just graduated college. There were three, gra- there were three college graduates, two straight from high school, and then five or six that had dropped out of college at various points. So I was one of the older ones. Um, so I was one of the more mature of the <laughs> bunch. Wow. Uh, if you, if you it was like believe. Animal House then if you were one of the more mature ones. Yeah, and so I'm sitting across from Gary V, and everybody's afraid to ask him questions, and I ask him a question, and he just goes in on me. You know, he's exactly how you think he's going to mm-hmm. be. And it was he roasted me, and but he was very helpful, and it was beautiful. Do you remember your question? I don't remember my question, but uh-huh. I remember. I think I did write about it somewhere, but I, I can't remember where. Uh, so I did that program, and then they piloted an international program, and we were trying to just find some country to like flip our visas and let us go and Ireland was like yeah hey we'll do it so six of us go over to Ireland we live in Dublin for six weeks I worked for an ad tech company over there and these guys they they had a company called Scalefront and they wanted to start 30 startups in 30 days and so they had done that and then one of the ideas worked and it was an ad tech thing so I worked on that company it was called Page Fair um, these guys were really really smart they were they had all had PhDs or three of them in like computer science and things and they had a company I believe it was called Demon and they built the 
uh, the technology for the leaderboards for Call of Duty. So when that first came out, people would play, and then they could see how they were stacking up against you know their friends and different people around the world. So they built that and sold that for a pretty penny, and then did this 30-day thing. Worked for them. Uh, and then in true New York fashion, the landlord that we were living under is like, hey, I'm going to break all your leases and sell this and they're going to build a hotel and do whatever. So we lost our house and they're like, you can live in New York if you want, but you got to find your own place. And I was like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. So, so they weren't paying at that point. They, like, they weren't like we basically then had to negotiate <clears throat> or with our jobs and be like, hey, now we need a living wage. Um, you know, can we work that out? And I was like, you know what? I'm working for a company out of Dublin at this point. Like, I'm just going to go back to St. Louis and I'll work remotely for them, uh, which is great because on Friday, you know, I think it was like a six hour time difference. Um, they would be like, Hey, you know, it's the end of the day and we're going to take a shot o- over the, you know, like the, the zoom or Google Hangouts <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like, it is nine 30 in the morning, <laughs> but sure. Okay. You know, good camaraderie. So, uh, I worked for them for a while and then Institute, the company itself said, Hey, we want to expand to uh, different cities. Do you want to come on board and actually work for us and recruit more apprentices? So I was like, sure. So I helped them expand to DC and then Miami and then St. Louis was our last one. And did you actually, did you move to D.C. or Miami? Or no, just, I, w- just... I would fly out there for, uh, they basically had like uh, boot camps is what they called it. So mm-hmm. it was like a two-week kind of intensive program uh, where we would train all the all the apprentices and get them up to speed. And I would teach them everything that I learned, you know, crash course, that sort of thing. And we expanded to St. Louis and I was working with some really cool companies, some really cool people. And Long story short, the nonprofit, I mean, we had like an, an investor, uh, investors, we had a, a whole party, everything that was in the papers, everything was good to go. Financial stuff happened and the, and the nonprofit folded. But one of the investors said, hey, isn't a great guy, his name's Tom Hillman. He uh, had a company, he, he runs Lewis and Clark Ventures now, but he had a company called Answers.com back in the day, and um, he, which you probably accidentally ended up on. Right, I can remember, I remember. Yeah, and they sold that, so he had his own investment thing going on, and he said, hey, do you need a job? And I was like, yeah, absolutely, I need a job. And he had known me just through the program, so uh, I started working for a company called uh, Teachers Teachers at the time, which became My Ed Match. And I was then, it was basically Match.com, but for teachers, and they were trying to reduce turnover. <laughs> like single te- like, hold on. No, sorry, not no, no. dating, oh, but connecting oh. teachers with schools. Oh, gotcha. Um, that is a fair question there. Uh, <laughs> that's, how we, that's how we pitched it. And uh, they were trying to reduce teacher turnover. So I worked for them, and then we sold that. And he said, hey, I got another company that you can go work for. It's right down the street. And this was in Clayton at the time. So I was, I was driving from Bethalto to Clayton every day which was horrible. Um, and I did that. And then I worked for a company called Gateway Blend that he owned. And I was working on a website specifically called Cinema Blend, which is movie and television entertainment. And then um, after a while, that company got sold. Cinema Blend, or, I'm sorry, the website got sold to a company called Future out of the UK. But I still work for them now. Um, so that's what I'm doing plus a thousand other side projects and things that we can we can dive into. But that's, that's Well, Cody, thanks for coming in. It was great talking to you. Um, <laughs> that's all I got. Breathe. Breathe. <laughs> uh, let's, let's touch back a little bit on that Gary V dinner. Sure. Give me the details on that. Yeah, so I've, well, I've met... Why, why did Gary V come to this dinner? Yeah, so we... Uh, we would always get interesting people to come in. So are, are you familiar with uh, the company Bitly? Like it shortens the links, you know, B-I-T dot L-Y. No, but I've seen it like 
connected to Lynx or something. Yeah. I didn't know. What- yeah. So we had um, um, like the co-founder of that came in because um, her name is Hillary. I, I can't remember her last name. Um, she was just like friends with people that are in uh, that were running the program. And so they'd go to her and say, like, hey, can you come in and talk to our kids about what it's like to like run, a, a, you know, run a successful startup or talk to them about um, data and analytics and linking and stuff. And so they just say, yeah, you know what? I'll come over. They'll cook me dinner. They can pick my brain. Somebody knew somebody who knew Gary Vee, mm-hmm. asked him to come in. I believe it was uh, Phil Toronto was one of the friends of one of the, the co-founders and said, hey, Gary, like you want to come, you know, yell at some young entrepreneurs. <laughs> right. And so he comes in and uh, we have a picture. I think we have a picture of him and all of us like in front of our Christmas tree because it's in the winter and <laughs> yeah. stuff. And so we just get to like pick his brain and shoot the shit with him for a while. And I hadn't heard of him until that day. And then I bought, you know, I have yeah. most of his books at this point, um, went to SLU to see him and to- kind of reminded him of who I was. Hey, dude, I was the, the Christmas tree. <laughs> yeah, you, the tree. you yelled at me. Remember? I, yeah. uh, so and I, did he come in and, and, real, and, and talk to you guys for an hour or so? I mean, was oh, he, yeah. did, I mean he, did he have a message to give to you guys that night or was it more just spitballing? And- more just spitballing, honestly. And and because he, he was still kind of developing his brand and stuff. So he didn't have as many of his one liners and things yeah. and sky and earth and all like all the stuff that he didn't have hadn't have all that yet um but i mean i was sitting just this far away from him you know um because everybody else kind of moved to the edges and i was like hey I'll <laughs> um and i i think i watched one of his videos at that point and it was one of his most famous ones at that point and i was like oh this guy is really on to something really interesting and he was you know the epitome of what we were all trying to be you know mm-hmm. like not good students but really crushing it in the real world <laughs> so uh yeah that that's how that happened and we got to meet uh, like mark echo came through um there's a couple other people, but they're they're not as well known. But like Scott Belsky has a company called Behance. Um, there were just a bunch of really cool people, but Gary Vee was probably the biggest and the most entertaining. That's awesome. That is badass. One thing I've kind of taken out of this whole thing is the key is create something and then sell it. I mean, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. like everybody, you know, yeah, well, they created this and then they. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's usually the goal is they'd want to make something and get it. Make know, something and then it sell and it for millions of dollars. Yeah. And then, yeah. I mean, that's that's it. That's all yeah. you got to do, Todd. Yeah. Make something, sell it if for there's, millions. If there's anyone out there that would like to buy, eat, slay, live, please, <laughs> please come forward now and let us know. What I took out of that story is, <clears throat> is Cody being very um, able to figure things out. I'm lacking a good word for it, but to to find that that program you know it takes some researching and like sure i mean to go out and i mean a free basically you know i think free education the stars kind of aligned you know and it it uh, it got me thinking about education things in a very very different way and for a while my pendulum kind of swung and i was very anti-higher education i feel like it's similar to if you're like some people that are raised in a very religious household go out and like are hardcore atheists for a while, then they're like, okay, mm. let's swing it back a little bit and like, you know, moderate a little. And so I got very anti higher education, like preachy about it. It had to have been insufferable <laughs> for my friends. Um, and then I kind of pulled back a little bit and I think, you know, I think that there are very good things about college, like the social aspects, you know, and that's just, you know, community building and, you know, getting into sports and events and things like that. But I was very much against, I was like, why I was like, I could have been paying so much money to not learn as fast and as quickly. And so I got very bitter about that, I think, but uh, I've kind of swung back and I I think there are really good things about college now, but Gary and and people like that, I realized, you know, there's so much more you can do just YouTube university or whatever, or Mm. just going out and like cold emailing people and be like, can I come learn from you? You know, I didn't really realize like if I wanted to talk about legitimate businesses, I should have gone to Ross instead of Todd at that time. (laughs) But 
<laughs> yeah, I just I tried to figure stuff out, and and one of the big things that Institute taught me was um, how to have confidence in in myself and to be okay with uncertainty and not knowing what you're doing. And and uh, if someone's not giving you an opportunity, create your own opportunity. And it could be it doesn't mean start a business. You weren't you weren't feeling like you're getting the, the right opportunity in higher education, so you went and found another opportunity you created one by sitting in the back of the classroom and starting the research things and and went out and created your own opportunity just in in that way right well i mean it's kind of like you know nobody's gonna give it to you You gotta take it yeah and uh what's that and too many people sit there and wish that opportunity would just be fall on their lap instead of you going to find it yeah or they uh something about success is you know a bunch of like you know effort mixed with luck or whatever it's like the harder i try the luckier i get sort of thing like yeah that that totally makes sense and i didn't know what i was doing but it's kind of like something you guys talked about with the the podcast like you just got to get started just do something get the boat rowing in some direction then you can change course but if you're just sitting there like it's probably not going to happen to you yeah uh, what did your parents? What do your parents do, or what did they do? Um, my my father he he's passed away now, but he was um, he worked with um, people with special needs, mm-hmm. and he but he was more of like a director of like helping the programs for like housing people and then people that worked with them. And he worked for a company called Challenge Unlimited for yeah. years, and then uh, he worked for. Um, uh, some Catholic social services thing and uh, Caritas and some other organizations like that. My stepmother does similar things. And then my mom, uh, she's in like a banking loan officer, that sort of stuff. So when I told them, you know, I was going to move out for the first time and go to New York, my mom's like, no, you're not, you're not, <laughs> not going anywhere. My dad, on the other hand, he used to have his dad take him to 270 and 367. So when you're trying to c- get on 367 to come over to the bridge, his dad used to drop him off there and he'd say, all right. And my dad would hitchhike to Montana and he was a cowboy out there, literally lived on a ranch for room and board and was a cowboy. So when I told my dad, he's like, why are you still here? Like, yeah. I'm surprised that you haven't left yet. So it was very, um, and they were both supportive, but my mom's just like, I just don't know how you're going to do it. And my dad's like, I don't get what you're doing, but I think it's pretty cool. So go for it. I, I didn't, cause you had talked about the higher ed. Would, did they, were they pushing you to higher education? Not really. I think they were just, they were happy that I was getting my bachelor's and, and they were kind of like fine with that. I think my dad eventually got his master's by going to like night class when he had kids and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that helped. But um, I think they were supportive. They were supportive enough. They were just happy that I'd made it that far. Um, you know, and my dad always said like, hey, if I get you to 21, dude, like I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm sold. So they were they were pretty happy. And I think that they were cool with whatever I wanted to do after that. Um, they really didn't understand what I did. And even so to this day, I always make the joke. I'm like, my parents don't understand what I do. But since I don't ask them for money, they're like, okay, dude. <laughs> Like, it's keep, working. Keep doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, going back to the college experience thing is I think you learn and, you know, I didn't go far away. I went, you know, to Eastern Illinois, but I didn't live at home and I was, and most people from that went to Eastern Illinois were from Chicago or somewhere else. And I just feel like you learn so much like being away from home, just, just different cultures and things like that is the good part about college totally. living on your own when you're still a little like you still got some support from your family and things like that but you're but you're learning how to, you know you've you've cut that umbilical cord and you're living on your own you're living you know uh with people from different places different states you know and things like that that's i just feel like the college experience is where you learn the most it's not like the you tests know, and things I didn't, like that you know and i think you're right so i didn't ever like live in the dorms or anything like that but i think had i not done the New York stuff or whatever, 
I would have very much missed out if I didn't join a frat or if I didn't mm-hmm. live in the dorms or something. I mean, even just like learning things like, um, you know, real roommate disputes, you know, and, and mm-hmm. things like that. Like, you, you don't, you know, you yell at your mom and dad and little brother if you're living at home or whatever, but something about being out with those college people and living with different people. And like you said, experiencing different cultures and things. So that's why I've kind of swung back a little bit to be like, okay, I'm not anti-college. And, and I think the social aspect is such a huge thing. And um, yeah, Ross, didn't you went to Eastern, I think Todd said a couple, a couple times. times. Yeah, yeah. Makes that joke. Several <laughs> colleges. Yeah, what'd you, what did you think about that experience? Sa- same thing. Um, I, I think the community and the relationships you build to me were a lot more important than what I actually learned in school. I, I went to be a teacher and I always thought once I became a teacher, I'm like, I, I could have easily done this right out of high school and maybe paid the school to teach me how to be a teacher better than college. <laughs> oh, wow. right. I mean, I'm just saying like yeah. going and being, you know, shadowing somebody. Yeah. Okay. Here's a, here's, here's a better idea for education. Let's take somebody maybe out of Lewis and Clark or you need to get your associates first. And now you, you get into this program with a, with a high school or middle school or whatever, and you shadow somebody for two years mm-hmm. and you have to be with them for as long as they're at the school, have to go through all the problems, um, with parents or administration, I mean, you're straight shadowing them. Yeah. You're, you learn, that's how you really learn. Yeah. And I, yeah. I love that because that was our learn by doing concept. And I, I would always say, okay, look, if you're going to be my doctor or my lawyer, go to school, absolutely. do that. Absolutely. <laughs> but if you want to learn how to build a business, go build a business. Or if you want to learn how to teach, go be a teacher, shadow yeah. a teacher. And I think that it, things are moving that way. And I'm sure that there are some people who have been in grad school lately that are like, hey, it is really like that. That's what we're doing. But it wasn't always like that. And, and it, things are moving way more towards that experiential based system. And I think, that, like you said, you just learn faster that way. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, and, and not have to go into this huge student debt. Oh, that's that's another thing. Yeah. And I, yeah, I college are pricing themselves out. Absolutely. Really? I, right? well, it's, it's kind of like I think that they set they've set the prices so high that it's just become a necessity now for people to figure out workarounds. You know, they, like, they, like you yeah. said, they are pricing themselves out. And with so much information out there for free now or, you know, on the Internet and then classes and things like that, and different certifications like people now. I think we used to use, you know, high school diploma, bachelor's degree, those things as like gatekeeping tools. If you were if you had 100 resumes to go through, it was an easy way to say, OK, Who's somebody that can come in day after day and go through a bunch of monotonous stuff and stick with something? Well, this person has a degree. They've done it. These, you know, 50 didn't. And now it's like if you can just see, okay, this person started this blog and they started this thing and they started this and at least they're doing stuff. And now you can sh- you can have your own website, showcase all the stuff you've at least tried. Mm-hmm. And I'd rather hire that person than necessarily somebody that, you know, has a degree. Right. Technology has changed a lot of that. Yeah. Where you can start doing things in high school or younger. Sure. That as as before, it was the gate college was the gatekeeper. That's where you got your start. Yeah. To go in and show that you can do something. That just shoot, just being disciplined enough to go to class and get that degree. Yeah, absolutely. Help. And and don't get me wrong, like it sucks to like get up and go to school <laughs> and do that. And that shows discipline and that show mm-hmm. that shows a lot of things. But now there are just like I said, there are just other ways to prove your worth. Yeah. And I think and less expensive ways. Yeah. If I had a big company and I was wanting to hire someone, like I wouldn't care less about about their resume and more like, Hey, come in. I want you to come in and spend a day with me Yeah, and just find out what kind of person it is and their work ethic. And you, you can tell a lot of person, a lot about a person more like about just how they behave in, in that day's time. Sure. Then you could look in it like, Oh, you're a member of the, the pep squad or <laughs> yeah. pep squad. But you know what I'm saying? Like, well, something I think that, that really helped was I was, when I was looking for a job at one point, I think I came to the brick house um, because I, I was looking for a job and, 
Um, I remember Ross, you said, my brother told me just to hire you. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, I, and I know Todd, that wasn't because of my at time at SIUE, you know, right, like, right. I mean, I know that you saw something in me or, you know, right. spending time together. So that, and that's how I've kind of gotten a lot of jobs, you know, it's like just knowing people and showing them like a lot of times somebody's like, do you know how to do this? And you just say, I don't, but I'll figure it out. Yeah. And that's a lot of times what you need, you know, what you want. And it's just, I always just try to make make my boss's life easier. And that's kind of always been my goal and it seems to resonate. There's so. there's not a better employee that I like of someone who can just figure it the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, because I went a lot of my stuff. It was just, no one taught me how to run a restaurant or, or continue the growth of one. I figured it out yeah. and by taking any avenue I had to. And as I try, try to get to get other people to understand that don't be scared just to try something yeah and, and you don't figure it i mean you're gonna you're gonna learn more from failing and then just fail better that fail better next Abs- time absolutely and, and i know people are you know nervous to try nervous to fail and things like that and there's going to be one person that laughs at you and then 20 other people they're going to be like that's really cool that like hell they're doing more than i'm doing right now and and if you're going to fail but eventually you're going to figure it out and yeah. then nobody's going to be laughing at you i mean look at look at where we are right now you got this studio <laughs> going on like you guys you guys figured figured it the fuck out like and we're not said. that bright as you know so <laughs> you, you know i wasn't going to get into that but you guys figured it out ross and i and i'm not going to go into too much detail but ross and i met with a guy that I know who's a good businessman and, and kind of a mentor sort of to me. And we met and Ross had never met him and I've met him a bunch of times and Ross meets him yesterday and he sends me a text and he goes, he goes, the, the guy bro- sent, the guy sent me a text. Your brother's quite a bit sharper than you are, <laughs> <laughs> which is hilarious. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, um, do, do you still stay in contact with a lot of people like from New York and the, in the entrepreneur that, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I have a. a I'm couple. sure that was one thing good, good about the whole, all like the Dublin and the New York City is just networking. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so I have a couple people that are like lifelong friends, you know, and then uh, from that, and then other people, it's just nice to have people that I can call and and talk to, and and uh, yeah. And when when I was in St. Louis, that was a big time. Like T Rex was a co working space that had just gotten co- coming up, and uh, Lab 1500 was there. Um, like CIC Cortex, a lot of things weren't even built yet, and so. Startup, the startup world was the community was trying to come together, and so I was volunteering for everything I could do, like startup weekend, startup connection. Um, we hosted three day startup, just a bunch of things to try and get the community building. So I was at events like every single night of the week, pretty much of the work week, and I met so many people. So many people, I still have stacks and stacks of business cards from that time, and it didn't hurt that they had like open bars at pretty much like all of those, <laughs> right. and you know, I was a broke startup kid. Um, but I just met so many people and it's so nice now um, because now it, it, I I can reach out to those people and they can help me out or I can help them. But um, that's why, like, if anytime somebody reaches, like when you reached out about the podcast stuff, I'm like, I'm going to take an hour out of my day. And that that was even more extreme than usually what happens. But I was like, I'm going to take an hour out of my day because it's, it's a, one, it's the right thing to do. But two, that helps me and if I ever need a favor in the future I'm sure you'd be willing to help me but usually it's like hey do you know somebody looking for a job or whatever and I'll just do an email blast it takes me 10 minutes and that person's like that's really thankful and if I help them they're going to remember that and so yeah I think the networking thing and just doing small things and even not expecting anything in return like I said I think it's the right thing to do but if it takes no effort right. like it really really it helps you in the long run yeah I love that what are what are some things that you do <clears throat> maybe daily weekly uh, to just personally learn. 
Yeah. So it used to be, I started to like set up my own kind of, uh, I wanted to, I was very ambitious, like wanted to build my own um, grad school thing, you know, like really, really official. And I was like, okay, this is a little bit too much. And I've seen people do that and then document the whole thing. Um, so I started getting on like Code Academy and Team Treehouse, like these things that kind of teach myself how to code. And then I would um, say, I'm going to like, okay, instead of um, watching TV tonight, I'm going to watch one TED talk like every night. Like I had this whole specific regimen going on and that was fun. And I did learn a lot, but I've kind of, it's not as formal anymore now. So um, the biggest thing I've been doing lately is just using Google and using YouTube as much as I possibly can. So I've been trying to get our audio production up for the podcast, for my podcast. And so I was like, okay, I am going to devote like two hours tonight to just Googling and learning that. I'm going to put my phone away. I'm going to close all my other tabs and just do that. So um, I try to, I, I try to do it. If I'm interested in something, I try to do a deep dive into it. So usually I'll like buy a book or something. So I lately I have like a book on like tank warfare and like <laughs> nights and like medieval nights, uh, <laughs> sleep and um, dopamine and like just things. I just try to read as much as I can, but I, I try to find uh, like the books that are like the highest rated or the YouTube view videos with the most views and all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, kind of sift through some of that stuff. And then I just really force myself to give it at least a little bit of time. So with a, with like a book, I usually say I'm going to read like three chapters um, with an episode or with a TV show. I'm like, I'm going to watch three episodes before I kind of like bail out, you know? So I give it the old college try, <laughs> like dive into something. And then if I'm interested in that, I really, really go for it. If not, I feel like I don't know anybody, anything. So I'm done with that. And at least I like learned a little bit about it, you know? And it's like maybe, Hey, now I know like two magic card tricks, but I don't want to be a magician, but Hey, <laughs> I, you know, I gather like these little pieces. So I think just spending um, a very specific uh, time on the internet is how I would say that I learned. It's, ve it's very easy to get distracted, though, so it's it's kind of, you gotta... Street fight this. videos get me every time, Ross. Every time, every street fight I have to watch. I can see that. I mean, I, I love, I get tired, I, I don't really, I don't play sports anymore, I barely follow sports, but I love sports highlights, and, and I get targeted by Facebook all the time, because they know I'm gonna watch them. They know I'm gonna check them out. My favorite street fight videos right now are the hero guys. Who come in and like oh pounce on somebody for beating up a oh that's what I love kid yo, or oh that's Dude, awesome. those are the best I, yeah. I always vote for the smallest guy <laughs> I always vote for the guy who didn't start it I always vote for the guy who's yes. who's sticking up every time <laughs> and amazing. if I watch one where that doesn't happen then I'm disappointed yeah. the, you the, know? the huge bully and yeah. all of a sudden he just gets whooped by this little kid yeah that's <laughs> those are the, those are the best yeah, everybody now, loves an underdog yeah uh and what kind of going back to what you said is like YouTube and Google like you can like Sean Whalen do you follow Sean Whalen mm -hmm. he's the lions not sheep guy but like he'll like he has these questions and answers and he'll be like you want to know how to make a million dollars Google it just <laughs> type in literally type in how can I make a million dollars he's like anything you want to learn it, you know if you're diligent about it and target and be like you said specific enough you can find the answers and follow a path mm -hmm. to doing it. people like and you kind of talked about this a little bit but like people will give you their path to how they've gotten to where they are yeah. these days like people love to show you the journey like Absolutely. exactly from where it started and everything they did, how they failed, what mistakes they made. I mean, if you, if there was something you really wanted to do, 
man, this is making me think maybe I should, I need to do more. <laughs> well, you, you guys but, create great content and I love how you document, especially a lot of the stuff that, that you're doing. And I think, uh, I think you're totally right because they realize a couple different things. One, like them documenting their whole path, it's going to help them create content and showcase themselves. They love to talk about themselves, all that. But two, it's not a zero sum game, right? So them showing their secret of success, one, they know 99% of the people, even with the instruction manual, are not going to follow through. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to like ruin that. But two, they have nothing to really lose by just helping. And I think it's kind of like that rising tide lifts all boats thing, you know, like it really, really does help. You have, you have a lot of, uh, a lot of your things have to do with boats, about the boat rolling. I'm very, I'm very rowing. nautical. Are um, you nautical? No, not, a, not, <laughs> not, no, not at all. I like the kayak. That's keep the boat. Well, ago you said I thought you were going to say keep the ball rolling, but you said keep the boat rowing. You got to get the boat. And rolling. then yeah, yeah. And then, then now this one, the tide raising. The, okay, at some I, point he's going to row his boat out to the <laughs> island and burn all the boats. Yeah, burn all the burn effing, all the boats. Burn all the effing boats. I got it. <laughs> but yeah, you can. People are literally just like like totally showing you their paths anymore yeah and how to do it and and, and just they're giving the blueprint to everything anymore it yeah it's like you know yeah i mean that's that's how i learned how to start a podcast honestly was like googling a bunch of stuff and learning other people like people would show um you know here's how i started a podcast for twenty dollars or whatever and i was like all right you have my attention like, yeah, let's, let's check it out you had me at twenty dollars yeah. <laughs> what, what are you doing work-wise now Right now, I'm the director of product for Cinema Blend, a movie and television website, and I know which I follow religiously. Really? No, I really do. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, great. Thank you so much. And I always think that maybe you'll see my likes because I always hit likes on their posts, but you obviously don't see them because I'm not getting any credit for this. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, sorry, we're oh. not, we're not like thanks, Todd. <laughs> yeah, our, our three and a half million followers. And I'll <laughs> do it for a few more years. You write an article. It's like we really appreciate Todd. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I'm. I was the. Tell us, tell us a bit about that. Yeah, what, 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 what did it tell? I know about it. Yeah, yeah. I was basically the first non-writing um, hire that they had. So it was it was um, uh, editor in chief and then a ton of writers, and they wanted to bring somebody in to be like a project manager at the time. So I came in and saw somebody that wasn't going to write. I was just going to help deal with everything else, and I did really well at that. So we started hiring other people to help with that part. And so I'm the director of product. Think of a, if you think of a website as a product, I'm trying to sell that product to advertisers. I'm trying to sell that product to users to get people to click on articles and read them. And they see the, damn it, they got he's getting me. I'm getting you right. Mm. Yeah. So thanks for those pennies. Man. <laughs> um, and so I treat the website like a product. So I help decide how the layout's going to look, where the articles are going to go, where the ads are going to go. Um, you know, where, um, when things are going to pop up this way, what related articles are going to pop up, all that sort of stuff. I treat a website like a product. So that's where I started out. And um, I still do some of that, but I also just do, I'm pretty much the guy that they go to to say, hey, we don't know what to do with this, figure it out. And so a lot of my job is figuring if some figuring stuff out or figuring out is something viable. If it is, I figure out a good way to do it, and then I pass it off to somebody else, and they run with the system I made, and then they make it better and better and better. But I'm the guy that does a lot of the grunt work to get things off the ground, and then once I figure out a good system, toss it to the professionals, and they they roll with it. Um, tell tell everybody that doesn't know what what Cinema Blend is the actual yeah. site yes, itself, yes. A movie and television entertainment site. So we write about you know um, if there's new movies coming out, new television shows. We interview celebrities. I've got to do a couple of fun interviews myself, and um, we just write about anything um, pop culture, movie, television, all that sort of stuff, streaming. 
Yeah. And how, how many followers does it have like on Facebook? Under on most Facebook, years? three million or so, yeah. I think. Yeah, we're 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 rocking and rolling, wow. man. It's really cool. Yeah, it's it's huge. I, I I like. I always look at the mostly the movie reviews or whatever we talk about the movies. But who did you? Inter- I saw you interviewed somebody when Ryan who, Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. That, that. yeah, people always bring that one up um, because it's it's the coolest thing I've ever done in my life. Yeah, um, but yeah, I got to go to Brazil for Brazil Comic Con and uh, I got to interview Ryan Reynolds for the movie Six Underground. I didn't love the movie, but it got to be, <laughs> I got to meet Ryan Reynolds, right? Was yeah. this before or after he bought the the soccer team? This the was before. Football team. Yeah, this would be this would be before. Um, it's an interesting story. It, uh, yeah, I, I I just know that it happened. I don't know anything about. Oh, uh, well, there's before. a uh, there's a documentary about it on on Hulu. Watch it. Okay. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, no, I'll have to check it out. Um, he's not as big. You in might person. give him a better review after. Oh yeah, <laughs> he's not as big in person. He's not as big. No, none of the celebrities are. They're all, they're small people. They're small people. But <laughs> what do you mean? What <laughs> you mean uh, physically or? Yeah, I meant physically. Okay. What do you mean? I thought you were just meant, uh, <laughs> uh, philosophically. Well, I mean that small. too. I, I'm not a celebrity guy, but but like celebrities, they're like they're small people with big faces. Like, okay. you know what I'm saying? Like. Big head. Wait, you wait till you see. Like from now on, if you see any in person, you'll be like, "Oh, it's a, it's like a movie face. Like it's made for a movie." They're small people, Ross. We'll pay attention to that. But with biceps (laughs) like mine, everybody's small. That is true. <laughs> I've I've gotten to do a few other fun interviews. I just interviewed the cast of a, a Hulu show called Letter Kenny for the third time um, a couple weeks ago. That's really fun. But can I tell you my favorite story of mm-hmm. an interview that I've done? It was my very first celebrity interview. It was with Marlon Wayans, and um, he was promoting. Why, hold up. Yeah, yeah. Let's back it up. Okay, Why okay. would you be interviewing him right now? What what, what the, has he done in the last? Well, that's that's part of the story. Okay. <laughs> this was a this was a couple years ago. He had a movie coming out on Netflix. Uh, I can't remember. What it was called, but he played like ten. Big Mama's House, something like. No, he played like ten different characters. I can't remember what it was called. It wasn't doing well, Mm -hmm. hence why he was doing a junket part in St. Louis Mm -hmm. and not, you know, L.A. Yeah. And so they said, hey, like they were trying to get me involved in different parts of the business, and they said, do you want to do this interview? And I was, I had never done a celebrity interview or anything. I was like, yeah, sure. So. I go to the Hilton and I go to like the uh, place that where like brides get ready before a wedding or whatever. It's like a little side room and stuff. And like, this is where you're going to be. And so I go there and I'm like waiting and I'm just, I'm in this room just all by myself because they're not showing up yet. I'm really nervous. Don't know what to do. I've got my, my little question cards and everything. And um, <laughs> he finally walks in with his little entourage. How late? 20 minutes, maybe. So it wasn't too bad. But About what Ross is most of the time. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I was just sitting in here by myself earlier and then you guys weren't here. So, um, so he, he walks in with his little entourage. He's got sunglasses on. He's got like a towel on his neck. Sorry. Cause it's like kind of, uh, it's hot outside in St. Louis and, um, shakes my hand without looking me in the eye and gives me like the fish kind of dead fish, handshake, oh. you know, and I'm like, Oh, this is going to go great. Yeah. And so he sits down on this couch, still looking at his phone. And I had done my research before, and he had been on a podcast about a week before that. And in this movie, he played like 10 different characters or whatever. And people were talking about um, Eddie Murphy, you know, Nutty Professor. They were likening to that. And Marlon's like, like, he's like, yeah, people aren't liking my movie. And Eddie did great stuff. But Eddie played like five characters, and I played like 10. You know? <laughs> Which makes it better. I mean, he played more. <laughs> yeah, that, that more is better, yes. right? <laughs> um, America. And um, he, so um, I, I have my questions like prime. So I asked him a first question, and he answers it with... He still has not 
looked at me. Mm-hmm. He's looking at his phone and he answers the first question and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm losing him. And I was like, okay, I'm going to pull this one out. And I said, okay, so uh, clearly you've, you know, gained some inspiration from I it. thought you were going to say gain some weight. Like I said, oh, you and you. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, the, the best, <laughs> what's better than not seeing somebody for a couple of years. The first thing they say is you've gained some weight. I felt like I was walking into fucking Thanksgiving with my grandparents. I, actually, I was going to say, I felt like I was now my, our mom. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sorry. So gained what? Yeah. That's what my grandparents say when they're going senile. So thank you. Um, so I say you uh, obviously gained some inspiration, not weight, from um, from Eddie Murphy mm-hmm. and from Nutty Professor. I said, but the thing is, Nutty Professor, he only played five characters. Dude, you played like ten. Oh, so you got on his good side. He looks up. He goes, thank you. Because <laughs> now if you could just get the studios to understand. So I, so right then I got yeah. it. I got it. So we keep going, shooting shit, going back and forth. And at the end, I said, uh, my last question, and I, I still have this recording. I can send it to you guys. But I was like, I'm turning 30 tomorrow. Do you have any advice? And he goes, you young bitch. <laughs> and he goes, dude, here's what you got to do. You got to travel. You go to Carnival. And he's like, just, he's getting, this is the most excited he's been. And yeah. it's a question I can't do anything with. I can't use, you know. But he's going and he's like, he's like, um, you know, date around, but don't be a pig. You know, love your woman, blah, blah, blah. And he's going, and he keeps going on this like, tirade and he's going and yeah. going he's like just live life as fast as you can he goes get in the car drive 180 miles an hour <laughs> drunk <laughs> what? And, and i said thank you for your time <laughs> and that's how the interview is and i just get up and i was like i can't use any of that and it's terrible advice but thanks so that was my uh, interview with marlon Wayne. drive 180 if we, drunk if we could get that recording we might blow up <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh i have i have it somewhere uh, that's that's awesome now now you've done like several like you said side projects and side things going on like i remember one time you were was it making tie you were recycling ties oh yeah skinnyt.ie yeah i had some ties to get remember yeah. I, we had some ties i was going to get them to you i don't think i ever did i don't though. think you did either yeah no, i had a whole bunch of old ass ties that i was going to yeah, could have yeah. been the difference maker top <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, really? Because <laughs> if I got one of those Paisley ties, man. So, yeah, I, uh, I I hated getting dressed up when I was younger, and then something kind of flipped, and as I got older, I was like, oh, I kind of like ties, you know, and got into the fashion a little bit, and I like the skinny ties, and I saw this tie at Goodwill, and it was like uh, dark blue with like light blue polka dots, and it was really cool, but it was like really wide. I was yeah. like, I'll never wear that, and I was like, maybe I could like take it and cut it up and sew it back together and make it skinny. And so I did that. And then I did that with some other ties. And then my grandparents like, we have a bunch of ties. Like grandpa was not wearing, you know, you want them. And so I did that. And um, finally I was like, I'm just going to turn this into like a little business. Like I've been doing since I was like eight and I'll, I can go into that if you want. But um, I bought the domain skinny and I had to work with my friends in Ireland to kind of move some pieces around to get, uh-huh. get that domain <laughs> and uh, set up a little Shopify store. And yeah, I was selling ties and, and it was fun, but um, one, it was tough because I really, I had to hand sew all of them. <laughs> so you're like in a little sweatshop. Yeah, yeah, it was my own little sweatshop. And I was constantly stabbing myself on accident. <laughs> and and I learned a lot from that because it was something that I realized I'd always tried, I'd always ruined my hobbies and things by trying to turn them into businesses. And then I didn't enjoy them anymore. Nice. They got tough and then they weren't fun anymore. They weren't making any money and then it would just ruin it. So for my podcast, what I tried to do was keep it not monetize it as long as I possibly could and it's been the most financially successful side project I've oh, had. Oh wow. But uh, yeah, I've been trying to do stuff like this since I was like 
five, six, seven, I, I wrote an article saying it was called uh, why didn't anybody tell me I wanted to be an entrepreneur? And I, I started off, um, we grew up, you know, we were fine, but I was raised by a single mother for the most part. And so I'd get like a video game and I was like, I want more video games. And she's like, go get money. Mm -hmm. So I'd go out and cut grass and shovel snow and things like that. And at one point I uh, had too many lawns to keep up with, but I had another lawnmower. So I got a kid from down the street and I was like, Hey, you can use the lawnmower. You give me five bucks. You keep the 15. And I just started that. I didn't realize what I was doing. I right. was just like, I was just trying to franchise out and, uh, did the same thing with like bikes in Edwardsville. Um, we would go to like yard sales and, and Craigslist ads or not Craigslist, but nickel ads or whatever at the time. And some people were just giving bikes away. So we would take them, clean them up, spray paint them, whatever, and then sell them for like 10, 20 bucks. Yeah. And we were just little kids doing this, you know, and, I didn't realize what I was trying to do. I didn't know where businesses came from, I guess. Nobody ever told, I didn't realize like, you know, that Dairy Queen I pass all the time, like somebody started that, somebody's running that. I just, I had no idea. Um, and so I started trying to like turn my stuff into um, businesses and it was, it was horrible and I hated it and it ruined a lot of uh, enjoyable <laughs> side projects. Um, but then, yeah, like I said, the one that I tried not to monetize ended up working out the best and it's the one that I still enjoy. It's pretty much the biggest one I'm, I'm doing. Now, what, when I, what we need to do is we need to get, bring the skinny tie thing back. Uh -huh. Take all the old ties over to our mom and just let her. <laughs> let her I, she's down. a sewing fool. Well, pe people had told me, they're like, yeah, get my grandma. She would like help you. And I was like, I don't know how I feel we'll about take, this. We'll take out to my grandma's, up to the nursing home. We'll get everybody. We'll get our own little sweat. You know, like on what was the, was it uh, Happy Gilmore? Where he's like, she's like, my yeah. he's got them all. He's got yeah. them in his sewing quilt. like, my fingers hurt. Like, my back back. <laughs> You're on landscaping duty. Uh, you uh, Did you bring this up to Gary Vee? All these little businesses you did, the skinny tie, whatever. No, I guess I, that was before yeah, the skinny that, tie. Yeah, but the only if thing you would have brought this stuff up, painting bikes, doing whatever, when just starting these stupid side, I don't want to say stupid, just these small double. side businesses, he, you might be working for Gary Vee, right? I, I think, <laughs> I think that would be something he would definitely enjoy. But then I, like I said, I wrote the post because it one day just clicked, and I was like. Why didn't anybody tell me this is what I was trying to do? I, yeah. I had a problem. The problem was I needed more money, and I so I worked out a creative solution. But I, I didn't realize. But I think people like Gary Vee and his um, his first book. Oh, gosh, the green and blue one. I can't remember. But that was one of the ones that helped me uh, cr crush it. or Crush it. I think so. That was one of the ones that made me realize. I was like, oh, I'm kind of like this guy. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> but I think. Without the money. Without the money. <laughs> Um, or the the loudness, uh, but the volume. But um, I think I've realized that I have like entrepreneurial tendencies for sure, but I don't know if I really at this point want to start my own thing or do my own thing. I think I'd much rather be like number two, number three, number four mm -hmm. at a big thing and let somebody else handle all that stress. I make 80% of the money they make, <laughs> but I have like 50% of the stress, you know? Right. Just kind of go from there. Um, do you do anything with the blog? I know you you wrote... Like the we talked about the Pride Fitness article. So how old would you have been then? Let me see. There's a date on this article. What year so, was that? Okay, so that was when I was still in college. Um, so that would have been 2010, 2000, probably 2011. I something think. like that. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. I don't see a date on here. Yeah, I'd have to to check. So um, I was yeah, 22 maybe, 23. Yeah, uh, or probably 22, 21, 22. Yeah. So I started my. That was kind of like my first. 
I thought that was the first entrepreneurial thing that I did. It wasn't, but I start. I didn't know what to do, so I started a blog. It was, um, it was called RiverCitySuccess.tumblr.com, which I'm gonna have to go through and clean that up before anybody gets to see that. <laughs> shit in there. That you I don't better want. hurry. Our millions of fans are gonna jump on there. Bro. I was yeah, gonna I'm blow, get, you're gonna blow the site up. <laughs> yeah, the server's gonna <laughs> crash. Um, I, but I started this blog because I was like, I don't know what to do. I'm gonna start interviewing successful entrepreneurs and people like that and see what what they can do um, and what they can teach me. And uh, I interviewed the first interview I had was with the Mastermind Vodka guys. Oh, nice! And uh, I went to go hang out with them. Got w- way more drunk than I meant to. <laughs> um, but I was like, okay, this is fun, but let's not do a distillery next time. Um, and I don't even remember how I came across Pride or Todd or anything. But um, eventually, I reached out to you and said, you know, hey, I'd like to come do an interview. And then. Uh, like I think you, we talked about, I don't know if it was my suggestion or not. I think I wanted to do the circuit, but you were pretty much like, if you want to do the interview, you're yeah. doing the circuit. So I went and did pride with you guys. And, uh, then you and I spoke after that. And, um, yeah, that was, that was one of the the posts that I, I did for, for my kind of first, that was my first blog. There's, there's what's the, what's the cussing story in that? There's- yeah. So I don't, back in the yard, we had a no cussing story. No, no cussing philosophy. So if you said a cuss word, I think you had to stop right then and uh, and do a burp and do five burpees or whatever in the yard. And so in the article, uh, he he writes in there, he's like, they got a new cussing rule. He's like, how the fuck is no one cussing here? <laughs> this <laughs> I is didn't horrible. Get it. This is horrible. <laughs> I did not get it. And then we put him. We were, you were like, you wrote in here like you're not. We'll post this article on there. But you wrote you were with a fifty year old woman, and then I remember her, Judy was her name, and. She she was she was ripped. Yeah, she was. And so she wasn't just like your typical like. Yeah, she was she was ripped. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was kicking so you, ass. You couldn't give up when you're when she's your partner. <laughs> no, I mean you know, I was this like is your I'm first gonna... time at at the yard, yes. and you're like, God damn, I I gotta take a break. But I'm with this 50 year old lady. She's killing it. It was very inspiring and mo- and motivating. You know, absolutely. Yeah. And I was like, plus I got to interview this freaking wacko right now. Like, <laughs> I, I gotta have a little bit running of... around screaming. I, I like. Um, and we talked about it a little for the the end of it. I know you thought you maybe you thought it was a little read read the end of how he described a little cheesy real quick a little cheesy maybe but I but I love it. Let's see. There's a little a couple times that I did drop the ball. I mean literally, there's a heavy ass ball that you throw up in the air and then catch. I dropped that shit a lot. Almost ruined my pretty nose. But I saw other people accomplishing great things, motivating each other and motivating themselves. I saw big people, small people, all sorts of people working as hard as they wanted to, but all accomplishing something, all having pride in themselves, and I'm glad that I was a part of it. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it was cool. Thanks. Yeah, it was, that's what I saw. I mean, honestly, and it was it was a great time. I never went back. But it was, <laughs> he never went it back. Was great. Uh, he says he asked me like, let's see, what makes you and Pride stand out from the competition, i.e., the typical gym. This is my answer. This is like, to, oh yeah, let's get these let's, chain these chain gyms you see on every block. They have kids right out of high school taking a few online classes, and suddenly they're trainers. When in reality, they have barely worked out themselves. The way I train myself now and the way I train myself when I was at their age is totally different. It's why I have aches and pains now. Blah, 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 blah. So anyway. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was and deep. so so how, how many, because so you, is, that, is this where the uh, the blog went where you said, why didn't anybody tell me 
to yeah, be an entrepreneur? Yeah, I, I think that I think that one's on there too. Um, it kind of turned into a bunch of things. Like I, I think I kept it going when I lived in New York, and when I'd write for other sites or Holstie, the company I was working for, and other things. I think I would like copy or institute even. I'd copy and put them into there, and then eventually I just got tired of it. I think I have I have some stuff on LinkedIn, some stuff on like Medium, but I don't really I don't really write so much anymore online. Like I journal every day, but mm-hmm. nothing like those kind of posts. Gotcha. Let's get into your. Uh, so you got some? No, go ahead. Let's get into your. What What is your podcast about? What is your podcast? Where can we find your podcast? Things like that. Sure. Yeah. So my podcast is called American Hauntings Podcast. It's we started it in 2017. Uh, I basically I wanted to. Yeah, I'm kind of like you guys, you know, I never have enough stuff going on. So I'm always trying to tack on other stuff. And I was like, podcasts kind of seem cool. I don't know too much about them at that point, uh, but I, I want to start one. And it seems like it's going to be the next big thing. Like, let's jump mm-hmm. on board. So um, I have whiteboards in like every room in my apartment. pretty much. <laughs> That's so awesome. I'm always just, you know, scribbling down ideas or whatever. And so I started whiteboarding out like, what could I do a podcast about? And I was like, what do I like know a lot about? And I kept going through, and after a while, I was like, man, I don't know shit about shit. I don't know shit about shit. So I decided to flip that, and I was like, what can I learn about uh-huh. instead? So, um, like I said, born and raised Dalton, Illinois. I was driving past the McPike Mansion, which is a famously, you know, quote-unquote right. haunted building. And I was like, you know, I know, I have, like, more stories about, like, trying to break in there and parents and people <laughs> getting in there and all the stuff. I don't know the history behind it. I don't know why it's supposed to be haunted. I don't know nothing about it. Mm-hmm. So I started to think, wouldn't it be cool to do like a podcast about something about Alton? But I was like, you know, I always have a very morbid sense of humor. I've always been into weird kind of um, <laughs> paranormal things, philosophical questions. I love horror movies and things like that. So I was like, why don't I do something about haunted Alton? Because I've always heard, you know, Alton's the you know, most haunted small city in America, blah, blah, blah. And, um, so I started to think, how can I do this and how can I learn about it? And I remember there was a, a, a man that I met named Troy Taylor who wrote the book Haunted Alton. And um, my buddy and I, Charlie Brockus, when we were about eight or nine years old, he lived uh, right by St. Mary's School in Alton, and there was a little bookstore. We could only go so far away from his house, and um, we would like we walked down to this bookstore, and we went in there, and it was filled with you know books about monsters and ghosts and all this crazy cool, mm-hmm. especially when you're a little kid. And I bought this book called The Field Guide to North American Monsters, and I remember the guy that sold it to me, and that ended up being Troy Taylor when I was about eight or nine, and. I remember it okay. So, I, and I went on a ghost tour of his when I was like in high school with my grandparents or something. And I was like, he seems to be pretty knowledgeable, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Looked around and uh, he didn't have any podcasts. He barely had any videos or anything, but he'd written, you know, over a hundred books at that point. So I said, I'm going to reach out to this guy, see if he wants to do a podcast. So I built a website, photoshopped the logo. Um, I crafted an email like five, six, seven times. So I was like, I want to get this guy's attention. Oh, so you. Like so, when you emailed him, you wanted to look like you were like legit. So yeah, you, yeah, yeah. You created a website which had never you'd never used. It was right. just going to be a landing spot for him yes. to see. I, and I had to tell him. I had was, to tell him. Was like, it American Haunting? Was that what you called it, or what, it was, did you have a name? I I had. A, I think I called it American Hauntings Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, but I was like, I don't want to freak this guy out. You know, like imagine if somebody comes to you with all this Photoshop stuff, and it's like the brick house, blah blah blah. You're like, um, you're messing with my intellectual property here. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, um, but I wanted to impress him, but not freak him out, which is a fine line, I yeah. guess. Um, with women, too. Ex- <laughs> yes, same, yes yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, so I, I build all this. I craft an email a bunch of times. And I was like, I just want to get in front of the guy. I was like, if I can get like a meeting with him, I think that's like 80, 90 percent of the battle. I just want to get in front of him. So reached out to him. 
He gets, it takes a little while to respond and finally gets back. He's like, sure, you know what? Let's go grab lunch, see what happens. So we go to Old Bakery. We get some lunch, he and his business partner. And um, I pitched him on the idea. And they were like, yeah, why not? Like, let's try it out. Mm-hmm. So I was, And I pitched it to him. I was like, I want to learn and I'll also help you sell books, you know, and, and stuff. And we can plug whatever you want to plug. And um, I was like, I'll do all the, I was like, I'll write it. I'll do all the editing. I'm telling an author that I'll write it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I once wrote this article about yeah. this gym in someone's backyard. Yeah. I've got I'm, a pretty <laughs> cool blog um you're hundreds of books so my blog yeah. um but he's like i'll take care of the writing kid like it's fine so um we decide to we wanted to do like a lot of local stuff too so we wanted to use lighthouse sounds um studio we wanted to like get local sponsors and plug you know like help in music or whatever mm-hmm. and all this sort of stuff um so we we meet up for the second time like uh, you know i met him like i said when i was a little kid and all that but we met it for the second time in like our adult lives at the studio to record two episodes about alton illinois and what he did is he would write an outline of a monologue that a scripted monologue and he would read that and he would send it to me beforehand and then i would go through and ask like all the everyman kind he of has questions. a good voice too doesn't he he does he's got yeah because yeah. i've listened to some of your part i remember listening to one that was in new orleans you did yeah, the whole thing about new yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah which is great because if you've seen his face like he, he needs the voice yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> i think you told me face for radio i don't know <laughs> some, some joke. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we, he sends me the outline and I come up with like the every man questions or whatever. And initially what we wanted to do was like um, the history versus the hauntings. So people would say, um, you know, Mineral Springs Hotel in Alton. People would say, you know, everybody sees the ghost of this little girl running around the pool all the time and, and they can't figure out why. Um, however, no little girl ever died in the building. Mm-hmm. So here's the hauntings. Multiple people have said this. Here's the history. You do with that what you want. You figure mm-hmm. it out. Um, so we did that for a while. Now we have to know about this story. Was there was there was there any reason why a little girl would be haunting that? You know, uh, well, there was a young man that died in the pool, mm-hmm. and there was a uh, couple. There were one man also took his own life in a bar upstairs, and then up in another room, a woman took her own life. But Jesus. no, no little girl ever died in the hotel. Mm-hmm. Multiple people saw her, and, but, you know, so we just wanted to play around in that area, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so that's how it started out. We did Alton. That really worked well. So then we said, okay, we're going to go, let's do it again. So let's go do St. Louis. At this point, uh, we had done, we did four episodes at Lighthouse Sounds. And so the sound is great. We didn't exactly know what we were doing, but the sound is great. After, they knew what they were doing. They, yes, <laughs> they knew what they were doing. Well, so, yeah. So after that, though, we decided we're going to record this on our own. So our sound starts out at yeah. the 10 and then plummets on episode five <laughs> yeah. to like a two. And uh, so then we had to figure it out along the way. So if you listen to those earlier episodes, I promise it gets better. We figured it out. But <laughs> we use that saying all the time. <laughs> yeah, we do. We are so much better. <laughs> Please. Yeah, just give us a chance. Um, and so then we did St. Louis. And then we decided after that, our third season, we did, um, we basically followed this, this, there's an incident called the Velisca Axe Murders in Iowa, where a family was slain by this axe murderer, but Troy wrote a book where he found a bunch of other um, similar killings that were done by the same person, they think, so we did a whole season on that, then we did New Orleans um, for season four, then we did Hollywood for season five, then we did this thing called uh, Woods and Fields Dark and Wicked for our sixth season, which was all about like kind of rural farm killings, things like that, and then we just... <laughs> You know, yeah, it's casual. Um, then we a rural farm. You just kind of glaze at uh, rural farm killings. And- yeah, it's, it's just it's a bunch of family massacres with axes and stuff. Um, and then we just launched season seven the other day, which we call Gone, which is just all about people that just 
up and vanished out of nowhere. Um, Lucky. Yeah. So right. Yeah. No bills, uh, no kids. (laughs) It's great. Um, And so, yeah, so now we're on season seven now and um, it's, it's been awesome. A wild ride. I've learned so much. It's been so much fun. How many episodes are you at? Uh, On Tuesday, I will release episode 122 and that's full length episodes and then we've done we've done maybe 50 patreon episodes 50 bonus episodes and our episodes are like usually about a 40 minute monologue and then maybe 40 45 minute conversation but some episodes are shorter some episodes are two and a half hours it just really depends what platforms are you on um, so you can find it at AmericanHauntingsPodcast.com, but you can go to um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, Google, po- pretty much anywhere and everywhere you can think of. Um, uh, not YouTube yet, though. I haven't haven't cracked that one yet. Oh, we've started cracking that out. <laughs> we are started, cracking yeah, it. Yes, started, yeah. It's a good. It's subscribe, a smart subscribe. play. Subscribe. <laughs> it's a smart play, dude. Go to uh, you, going to YouTube for podcasts. It's kind of hard. We get asked this quite a bit. How many listeners do you get per show? How you know? Um, and once you start putting it on so many other platforms, you kind of go to each platform to find out how many times it got listened to and, you know, whatnot. What, just off the top of your head, you got an average, you think? Yeah. So, uh, so I know you guys use Anchor, right? Or yeah. you, we mm-hmm. were. So I use um, uh, a network called uh, Red Circle. And so when we upload that to Red Circle, it will, it'll show us kind of listens pulled from a lot of different oh. platforms. Um, it doesn't do everything perfectly, but it does meet uh, what they call IAB standards, which is like an agreement of advertisers that this is the metric we're all going to use yeah. for downloads and stuff. So um, within the first, usually within the first week of putting out an episode, we're at um, seven to 8,000 downloads maybe. Um, the show right now as a whole gets 2,000 downloads a day, which blew me away because That's I was like, awesome. 2,000 people hear my dumbass <laughs> things I've said over the catalog. Um, and I'm very open about those numbers. I know I didn't used to be. I was kind of like holding them close to the vest, but um, it really only matters to me for advertisers and they're mm. going to find out anyway. So I'm just like, yeah, and I'm, and I'm proud of it. You know, we've got, mm. we're at about two and a half million downloads for the five years we've been doing this, you know, and I never thought anybody would listen to that. And it is very much largely, and we, we can, I know we're going to talk more about podcast stuff eventually, but um, it's very much because I hooked myself to some, a, a big fish in a small pond kind of thing. I yeah. found, I collected somebody kind of like you guys are talking about. Yeah. And that's, that's huge. If I was just doing this by myself, I'd be, I'd have uh, fewer downloads than, than you guys have. Right oh, now. that's the, hurtful. The, the, <laughs> the, the murders, haunting, investigative podcast, those, that kind of niche that, that niche is huge out there yeah it, yeah it wasn't when i started yeah, and I, now it's i'm getting swamped by all these other podcasts unsolved like the murder yeah, true, podcast true crime is yeah, huge and which go. is great and it's fun but i hate that now i have to try harder because there's so many <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah it, it's a big it's a big genre and people love it and it's very interesting like talking about thinking about the psychology of that and why are we so interested in that yeah. and um but yeah it, it's it's really really grown have you ever wanted to kind of slip like an american hauntings onto cinema blend just to what like just have kinda, you not, no one, have you checked my author bio when, when on no, cinema blend no i meant like on one of the videos like you just slip yours on like to three oh. million people are exposed oh, uh, <laughs> well, that was an accident well, sorry yes yeah, so my my author bio has um has has american hauntings in there and then um i did i do some videos for cinema blend every now and then i did the top 10 scariest horror movies of all time and i'm mm. wearing my american haunting ah, there you go. <laughs> I, I brought i brought todd in one time 
to be a model for um, some marketing stuff. Yeah. He wore a Thunderdome shirt. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Yeah. He came, I asked him how to dress. I can't remember. He said casually or something. Casually. Like just I a plain shirt. Big old stuff. Thunderdome. Okay. <laughs> I see. I Dude, see. You got it. <laughs> That's exactly right. Because I, I, you said you have three three million following. I would be somehow trying to like. I know. Just yeah. capitalize. I mean, there's Hello. a fine line, but man. I'd, yeah. I, and, oh, don't get me wrong. It is. It is crossed my mind. Yeah. I don't know how that video, how that got on there. Right. <laughs> oh, that's, I mean, but also not, not just the unsolved mystery things, but just like ghost and haunted stuff is huge. Like there's just, yeah, there's like people that are just like crazed over that whole thing. Right? It's true. Yeah. We have a, a conference every year. So, so American hauntings. Shauna Wonkel. Do you know who that is? I do no. not. Okay. It's a funny name though. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Shauna. Uh, Sorry, okay. Shauna. <laughs> Sorry, Shauna. Um, I meant the Wonkle part. Yeah. But, <laughs> uh, but we have a conference every year. So American Hauntings is its own like company. It does books and tours and all this stuff. Um, and then I just tacked on the podcast part. But there's a, a conference called the Haunted America Conference. It's been going on for 25, 26 years now, I think, that's, mm -hmm. um, in Alton every year, every um, usually every summer in June. And this year we're actually moving it to Lewis and Clark uh, because we needed a bigger venue because people come from all around the country because people just love this stuff. And there's there's vendors and uh, we'll do like a, I'll be taking like live podcast stuff and there'll be speakers and books and merch and all this and there's after hours events but people yeah they, they come every year and they they love it there's a real like desire for that thing now Troy Troy Taylor, Troy is Taylor now yeah. is he kind of a celebrity in that realm he a little bit is a rock star in there. yeah and, and, and <laughs> the best well the best thing is is that people like they think since I'm associated with him they like oh, they, I, they I think see I'm what really you're really, doing. really I know cool what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. and so people people come up to me they're like they're like, are you Cody? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, I've never met you, but I recognize you from your voice. And I'm like, you need to back away from me right now. <laughs> um, or people have asked me for my autograph and stuff. Uh, and I'm like, do you know how dumb that makes you feel when you haven't done anything? But but uh, yeah, he's huge. He's embrace he's, it, Cody. Embrace yeah. it. I mean, yeah. let's get a picture. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm kissing babies left and right. You yeah. know, sunglasses, towel. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Marlon so, Wayne. Yeah. So he's huge um, in that. In that world um but i mean he's he's written so many books you know he's been on any ghost hunter travel channel kind of mm -hmm. show thing you can think of he's been on so um yeah he's he's a like i said he's a big fish in that small pond where do you guys do your podcast now yeah that's another thing about the recording aspect is it it's kind of varied so he's not with you right you do it remotely don't you sometimes it depends mm -hmm. um lately we've been doing it remotely tomorrow what's today yeah tomorrow we're actually gonna do it in person um for the first time so that's been a big thing to figure out is our setup has to change depending on where we are so we used to do it at the uh, best western hotel in alton because he'd be in town to do events he lives in jacksonville Florida or Illinois? <laughs> Illinois. Okay. Fair, fair, fair question. Fair well, question. Um, but but he'd be in town, you know, for like two days. Well, you're like in town. I mean, Jacksonville's an hour and a half away. Right. Well, yeah, but he didn't he didn't want to drive all the time, so we'd stay yeah, in the hotel. Okay. Um, that's that's fair enough. Fair question though. Um, so we would do it in the hotel sometimes, and then he has a spot at the Mineral Springs Hotel in Alton uh, where we record there sometimes. Uh, we used to record out of his place in Jacksonville. Now we figured out some remote recording, so it really just depends. And so that's why the sound. Kind of fluctuates and varies and stuff because a lot of times I'm traveling with stuff, setting it up, and I'm in different rooms. Sometimes it has carpeting, sometimes it has windows, sometimes yeah. it doesn't. And um, when you don't exactly know what you're doing, those little things really start <laughs> to matter, right? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, because we, we we experienced like in here, it's like the the the, the audio and thing with the windows. And you got a lot of windows right? in here. For, I mean, <laughs> I'm su- I'm surprised the sound sounds as good as it does with the windows. But I, is it just the blinds that do enough, or <sighs> we don't we don't? Well, okay, they, all right, they, they were here when we got it's here. It's working. <laughs> we, yeah, whatever you're doing, it's working yeah, fine. We, but we're really thinking about blacking out, putting cur- black curtains around the whole thing just for better lighting or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. So, uh, do you have any other like any other side projects that we're not hitting on? Uh, I mean, n- nothing that I'm currently working on. Like, it, I, I've I've built um, I've built some furniture before and sold that. Uh, I, I think I remember that. that too. I've built some bookcases and some tables and things. Um, and then I'll do like um, consulting sometimes for social media marketing, or I'll do freelancing and stuff. So I've run ads for some haunted houses in St. Louis that I will not name cuz that didn't end well but <laughs> um but I've done things like that I'll do social media marketing advertising um uh, I'll build some websites for people sometimes it's always on like Squarespace or Shopify or something it's never like me coding something from the ground up but a lot of times people are like we don't know what we're doing we just want a website up can you do it so I'll do that and then um freelance um helping friends you know when they, <laughs> when they say hey come help us with our audience yeah um, but yeah America- that was that was big that was real freelance <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, and that kind of stuff. Like, if I don't know what I'm doing, I'm not going to charge people. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'll come try to help you figure it out. I think yeah. I kind of got this going. Um, but yeah, Cinema Blend's the big thing in Amer- and uh, you know nine to five. But American Hauntings podcast is the the big one and pretty much the one that I'm focused on. I just I got I finally realized like I had to stop stretching myself so thin mm-hmm. uh, because unlike your last guest, I can't. <laughs> well, that man was impressive. I, I was like, are we gonna get? Are we gonna start talking about him? Are we just gonna list his shows for the next hour? <laughs> Yeah. List his uh, his, his jobs for the next hour yeah. businesses. Yeah. yeah, he's like I'm taking over FedEx, UPS, <laughs> yeah, DHL. Yeah, yeah. This uh, is my area code. I, I bought this zip code. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so yeah, so those are the two. I just I feel like uh, what's the Ron Swanson thing? It's like don't half ass two things. You know, whole ass one thing. And, <laughs> um, yeah, I just felt like I was getting spread too thin. So I, I'll still do some of the stuff on the side if it pops up. But for the most part, I was like I might as well just double down on podcast stuff or keep working as hard as I am, and then maybe relax a little or exercise yeah. more or, you know, watch more TV <laughs> or whatever, you know? And yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what I'm doing. And do you have any, anything you want to do like that you haven't started doing yet? You have, yeah. How much time you got? <laughs> uh, no, there are, there are some things like I, I would love. Okay. So I one time went to, um, an animal shelter. We, I had a friend that I would go with every now and then, and we would just like take some food and it was just a chance to like play with puppies and kitties, mm-hmm. you know, and, and do something good. And I took a video, um, of, of them playing with like one of the, 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 some of the animals and the woman that was running it said, Hey, will you like send me that video? And I was like, Oh, I'll do you one better. Like I put some music and text to it and everything yeah. and sent it to her. And I was like, how cool would it be to like make videos like this, you know, like bring a little kid in to play with a puppies and kitties and stuff and any sorry i don't care how big they get their puppies and kitties to me um and um you know make videos like this and then do like facebook ads and stuff like that for these shelters to help them to target to people like you know newly married couples or recently divorced people (laughs) or or whatever and do facebook ads and try to help them you know move some of these animals out and actually maybe make a difference and help people like Mm -hmm. i would love to do something like that there's not any money in it but i would love to do something like that um i would also love I, i love like rehabbing old furniture and things like that. Um, 
really like hipster kind of shit, but I, I really would like to do that if I had more time and space. I've built so many things in my tiny apartment, like on tarps and, and stuff, trying not to get spray paint fumes everywhere. Mm-hmm. Don't tell my landlord I'm not yeah. getting that <laughs> deposit back. Um, that kind of stuff. I would also, this is going to be, you're going to make fun of me for this one. I would love to make condiments because I love condiments <laughs> so much. I think they should be called compliments because that's what they do to the food. <laughs> that's what they do to the food. And I just love mixing stuff together and I would love to make my own condiments. You should have kids just to use that joke, you know? Oh, I know, right? Yeah, I feel like I use way more dad but, jokes than I... I've, I have not allotted this many, but I have just take them. I just take them. Condiments. So what, t- tell me about building your own condiment. Well, condiments can cover up a lot of, uh, a lot of mistakes in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, Ross, please. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. I've always... I was always a picky eater growing up, and so I had to get creative. Mm-hmm. And um, something about... I don't know. I guess there was a way to like... Not, not even covering up mistakes necessarily. It was just covering tastes I didn't yeah. like. Uh, and so I think I got really like, it's like, you know, French fries for, I love French fries, but it's like, it's more of a ketchup delivery system for me <laughs> to my face. Um, and I always like, I'm always trying to mix and match and do different, different stuff. And, um, uh, and right now it's just like, you know, taking this spicy mustard and mixing it with the A1. But like, I'd love to learn like how you actually build it from the ground up, you know, right. vinegar and brown sugar and whatever and all that. Um, and that's something I just recently realized the other day. Um, I was like, that would be really fun. But I mean, I'd also like, I'd love to, I'd love to do a heist. Like a heist would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be my number one thing, but I don't want to go to jail. And I'm not smart enough, so I'm not going to. What you should do is find a built an old place, like a bank, turn it, like turn it into an experience oh, of like doing Escape room, but like a escape room, but it's a heist. You break in, oh. try to rob the. Look at that, yeah, right there. It's a break room instead of an escape. <laughs> yeah, break right. Room. A right. heist room. Oh, yeah. So like you have fake like tellers and and, yes. and cops maybe and security. Real and, bullets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. You know what? Yeah, that's actually a, like an experiential kind bad, of thing. Actually. It is. I won't do it. But if somebody wants to do it and then tell me where to go, <laughs> take that idea. That, yeah. That's. I really like that. That was kind of fun. That it's cool. Yeah. See, Ross, full of tons of ideas Man. like that, you know? It's so impressive. Um, Cody, you got any advice for, like, someone uh, coming up, someone, you know, wanting to be an entrepreneur, someone, you know, like, trying to follow their their passion, you know? Doesn't anything? know where to start. Doesn't know where doesn't to start, know where to what to do. From. Yeah, I mean, this is something we already hit on earlier, and I know you guys are very big on, but again, just get started. Do something. Um, if, if nothing else, start interviewing people, asking people questions, just be like, Hey, can I, I have a question that I, or I have a, I want to start a blog. I want to start something and, um, have something to offer them in return. Right. So go to people and say, I would like to write about your, your business, but, um, just cause I'm trying to learn and I want to pick your brain, but I have, and I, again, if you're going to use the term, pick your brain, make sure you let them know you have very specific questions and it's not just a, Hey, can I waste your time mm-hmm. asking questions? I think I might have say, I want to like ask you these very specific questions and then, re- and I'm trying to learn. And in return, I would love to like write about your, your place and give you free publicity and stuff. And I think a lot of people, especially entrepreneurs and things like that, um, are happy to help bring people up like that, especially if they have the time or definitely like they, they, you know, maybe see a little bit of themselves or like, you know, they wish they'd had this when they were, you know, coming up. Um, so I'd say just get started, just do something. Um, kind of let me expand on that. It's like, yeah. like when you were doing your blog, you didn't know me, just emailed me out of the blue. And yeah. we, you know, we, I, I'd like to call it a friendship. We've, you know, like, sure. you know, like we started up a friendship. 
it's mostly just whole you thing. being mean to me, but it is. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that's a. But you know what I'm saying. Welcome it, to all of Todd's friendships. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. I mean, we we haven't done really anything business wise together. I mean, you've helped with our podcast, but it's it's if nothing else, it's become you know a friendship. And if if you needed something, or I needed something, we can always look to absolutely each other. like nothing nothing bad comes out of doing something like that. Yeah, I mean, you know w- worst case scenario, they say no, and again, if you don't ask, the answer is no. That sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of stuff that's not necessarily as generic of advice though speaking of being mean to him, so <laughs> yeah. he, he lists on facebook marketplace one time he was selling these dumbbells and they were like five two pound like pink and like the blue plastic dumbbell Todd, i brought oh, i brought yeah. your your purchase for you buddy <laughs> i don't know why you said you wanted me to give them to you on air but i i i rushed them over here for you <laughs> <laughs> How were you able to carry these? Is what I would okay. like to. Well, that's did why I had the backpack. Wheel, <laughs> do you have a wheelbarrow or a dolly? I had the, I had the reinforced. Did backpack. my grandma help you carry these? <laughs> so I have a story. so he puts these on Facebook Marketplace, okay? And so I I rip on him like, hey, I, hey, my, did my grandma say you could say you could sell her dumbbells? And so, like, you know how stuff just pops up on Facebook. So periodically, that it would, no one was buying these things. <laughs> I'll tell my and side so after it would, this. It would suddenly pop up again, and then I'd make another comment. And then, like, I don't know, a month or so ago, I'd just make another comment. <laughs> just like, kept just, going. Just ripping. Just so ripping on I, him. I got the, uh, I got the, the, <laughs> the Bowflex um, dumbbells, right, with the, with the twisty things. And so I was like, I'm going to get rid of, like, my 25s, 20s, all the way down. Wait, to where, where are the 25s and 20s? I sold those. Okay. And every time they'd sell, I'd pick a new picture and put the thing up. But then after a while, um, Facebook especially was going through some marketplace changes. And they'd show you something at like 3 a.m. And they're like, oh, your friend just posted this car motor two minutes ago. And I'm like, no, they didn't. But they kept doing that. And so Todd, and again, like Todd said, every time he saw it, he'd jump on it. And then my friends thought it was hilarious. So yeah. they'd jump on it too. And it just became this it, joke. It, it became, and th- he claims this isn't didn't happen. But there what? was a period of time where I couldn't comment on there. I didn't. I, I somehow. I think he blocked my comment. I don't. I think I was hitting. I was. I, I, was I don't <laughs> care enough about you to lie to you. <laughs> well, okay. But I, you might care that much about your manhood and my comments to w- take wouldn't, it down. Wouldn't be the first time I'd imagine you've been blocked. <laughs> yeah. Right. Gosh, I'm in Facebook. Uh, that, that is what awesome. I, what I wanted to do, Todd, was actually I thought about this a couple months ago. I think the last time you commented on it, I said I'm gonna like wrap this up in a package like and 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 i'm gonna put i'm just gonna leave it on the doorstep and be like rush delivery from facebook marketplace for <laughs> and i was gonna leave it but i just never got around to it but then once i said it, i was coming in i took these out two days ago and i put them right in front of my front so you door wouldn't forget them because i no, because it took me so long to carry them ah, all the you were dragged you put them like on a rug and dragged yeah. them to the door yeah, very same good thing with like a body you know <laughs> Uh, but I was like, I can't forget to bring these. <laughs> Dude, I can't believe I just brought it up right at the end, too, as we're getting off here. That's pretty That's good. That's perfect. That's pretty good. That's Todd's way of saying, okay, wrap it up. Right, well, wrap you got tags right at the end of this thing. Um, With that being said, wrap it up. Wrap it up. Hey, thanks for coming in, Cody. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. And we, and we appreciate you helping us. Hell yeah. <laughs> helping us, like, at the beginning when you yeah. didn't need to or have to or anything like that absolutely so, yeah. anything i can do to help you guys and you guys are doing a great job i've been listening well now to that you mentioned episode. now that you mentioned it, the reason we, <laughs> you we didn't bucks. just want you on the show but <laughs> anyway great show great, great show. show this has been the eat slay live podcast and we are the lock executioner slay on brother slay on